This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey guys, welcome. This is Steph with Woods and Waters Project. The podcast has been in existence about five months now, and I can't say enough about what it's given back to me, every interaction, and person tied to it has without a doubt made my life better. My hope is Woods and Waters is around a long time. Podcasts are a big thing right now. A lot of people want to jump on and I honestly think that they should. There's a lot of great stories out there and ideas that need heard. I've heard over and over again how hard sticking with it can be. But imagine if you did and the impact you would inevitably make. And that doesn't just go for podcasts. It's all your amazing ideas that tug and pull at you. And if you want it, y'all could do some epic shit, right? I have a lot of ideas. And, you know, of course, I think a lot of them are great ideas. But I get in my head a lot. And there are things that I really wanted and I hesitated big time on because I was scared that no one would like it or listen or it would just flop. And for most things, I think you just have to go for it. It's going to be messy and hard and uncomfortable. And maybe and maybe nobody does like it. Maybe that's a thing. But I really think that when something is pulling on your heartstrings and you can't stop thinking about it, you just have to go for it. And then it's going to get hard and it's going to get tricky. And you're going to wonder why the hell you even did this. But you got to keep going. This week's guest is Eric Clark with Where to Hunt podcast and creator of the Where to Hunt app. He has a history of creation and big ideas and is doing some amazing things for the outdoor industry, both from an educational standpoint and a creation standpoint. He's funny and lighthearted and positive and is a breath of fresh air to me. I was super pumped to get him in an interview and am just very grateful to have him in my corner and as part of my life. You guys absolutely have to check him out. And I think, and I really think you'd find his story inspirational if getting any big ideas out there, especially related to the hunting industry, is on your heart. This is your dude. This is Steph Busenbark with Woods and Waters Project. Thanks for being here. Here we go. After 9 p.m. call with me and I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better and introduce you to the listeners. So um, Eric, if you would introduce yourself. Sure. So uh, my name is Eric Clark. I am the founder of 
a little app called Where to Hunt, and uh, it's also a podcast by the same name. <laughs> How long have you been doing the podcast? Uh, actually, I just looked at this the other day, and surprisingly, seven years. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's been that long. I'm sure it's been a ton of fun, though. Like, I've listened to your podcast, and I know I've had a ton of fun with mine so far, and I'm... I'm sure it like literally like has flown by because of that. That's what I would think. It's crazy. Um, you know, I only got consistent like a little, like maybe about a year ago, I decided to do it every single Tuesday. Before that, I was just kind of, well, I'll record here, I'll record there. And so the consistency thing has really had a lot of, um, I don't know, solid movement, I guess, or excitement. And it's just kind of really moved things along a lot faster by being consistent. So. Yeah. And also the style of your podcast is unique i haven't really seen it before so you have like the live listener and call in every tuesday right yeah so we record it live um working on getting a it's called like a stream key or something for instagram but otherwise currently it's on um facebook youtube and twitter every single tuesday from 7 p.m to 8 p.m central standard time and then we actually take callers live on the show when we record or when we broadcast um, every Tuesday. So not every time does someone call in, but I would say in hunting season really picks up. It's a lot of fun. It's a neat way to do it. Yeah, no, it is a really neat way to do it. I, I, I like it a lot. And obviously you can listen back to it if you miss it like live that night. Um, but I think that's sweet, especially, I don't know, like get a chance to connect with someone it's depending on who you're interviewing I think for some of those listeners like they get a chance to talk to somebody that they probably are inspired by or look up to in some way and I think that's pretty cool yeah it's fun we've had uh, a couple people kind of fanboy out we had Mark Kenyon on yeah in January and then uh Sam Soholt was on towards the end of the year um and we've had people call on them be like oh my god I can't believe I'm talking to you but then we have like you know, some good old boys like Kurt Geyer from the working class bow hunter, Connor Wakefield, the whitetail drifter. Um, you know, we've talked to a lot of folks. It's really been a really good relationship builder. You know, I've, I've made some good friends doing the, the podcast. So it's, it's just a neat thing. I couldn't agree more. I can't imagine like what seven years is like, because for me, every podcast interview has been a learning experience and I've bonded with <laughs> just about every single one of them and have a like a good friendship with these people and like have built this community and learned a lot. So, I mean, seven years is no joke. I mean, your podcast is a business and it takes a lot of time and work and to have lasted that long and keep doing well is, is really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't think I would still be doing it to be honest. I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> seven years ago, I barely even knew what a podcast was. So it's kind of funny that I decided to start one. Yeah. And why, I guess, why did you? Uh, it's kind of weird. So it's not that weird, but um, I actually had a different podcast before that called the Wildernet Podcast. And I did it with a buddy of mine who's super nerdy. And he was like, you know, we should start a podcast. And I'm like, I, dude, I don't know what that means. I don't know what you're talking about. And I would get in his car and he'd have a podcast playing. And I think I remember the first time I was like, dude, what do you, what, is, what radio station is this? And he said, this isn't a radio station. This is a podcast. <laughs> and then, so it kind of spiked my interest and, uh, him and I, he's super nerdy. So Wildernet, like he did like this tech portion of it. And I did this wilderness portion of it. So it was like this whole podcast about, you know, getting outdoors in a digital age. And, um, it was kind of funny. So it was really a goofy podcast that him and I did for a while. And then because I did that one, I was like, man, I have this Facebook page for this you know hunting thing that I'm doing. I wonder if I should do a podcast for that on my own. And, and I did, and he helped me set that up. And that was back in like whatever, 2013. My first episode was with White Hill Adrenaline and I was super nervous. <laughs> how long, how long did you do Wildernet for? Uh, I think like a year or two or three or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We just, we had a good cadence for a while and then like we just both ran out of time to do it. And, um, I had more traction with the one I'm doing for, for where to hunt. So I just kept doing that. Yeah. But the wilderness still out there. <laughs> but it's a good laugh, but by laugh, I mean like you're probably gonna make fun of me. Not like it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I'm sure like even with Where to Hunt and maybe maybe you had it all figured out by then, but I'm sure if you listened to like some of your first episodes compared to now, you're like you've probably come leaps and bounds. I have no doubt. Yeah, I think the comfort was probably the big like I was afraid to like breathe into the mic yeah. and <laughs> make a single sound and not I don't give a crap anymore, I just do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think the thing that I like about, okay, so some of the other, like, folks I've had on here who have a podcast, like, some of them just record it, download it, done. They don't do any editing at all. So if they say anything, mess up, whatever, it's going on there. And for the most part, I pretty much leave everything on the podcast except for a couple, like, random things or if someone wants me to take something off. But I will say a benefit onto editing your podcast, like I do every night, is you do get over the fear of the sound of your voice because I know most people don't like to hear the sound of their voice, but when you have to edit yourself over and over again, you get over it because you have to bear through it. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, that's about the only benefit, I think, because it takes a lot of time to go back through and edit and just podcast in general is a lot of work. Um, but it's I always fun. get worried that I'm going to keep like some banter on there that I shouldn't have. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, did I publish what they said <laughs> offline and I freak out. I've had a couple panic moments like that. But I've also like edited things and forgot like a space in between something. Yes. So it's just like a 12 minute pause of nothing. <laughs> yes. And people be like, dude, you did it again. I'm like, ah, oh, sorry. And I'll go in and just re-upload it. But, you know, it's just I roll with the punches. I've had all sorts of technical problems. I've had, you know, all the technical problems you can imagine. In fact, I actually just bought a new mixer tonight. <clears throat> I haven't hooked it up yet. Um, it's going to be in the mail, but I got the uh, Rode Procaster thing, mm-hmm. and I'm excited for that. So that's going to be another another uh, thing to learn and try to make sure there's probably some problems. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. Come I add something new, it's like Problem City, and then it levels back out. Absolutely. And I, I think <laughs> I thought the really intimidating part for the podcast was going to be the whole voice thing talking, which it still is a little bit. Uh, but the technical piece, like the software to edit your, to edit your podcast and the equipment and like, it's like, oh crap, I actually have to learn to use this so the audio is semi-decent uh, quickly because all of a sudden, you know, I just kept waiting and waiting to do this podcast. I'm like, oh, I just have to do it. Like progress is better than perfection. I just have to do it. But learning the technical piece was, is a whole nother beast for me. Yeah, yeah, I actually don't have a clue how anything works, and I just, I black out <laughs> when I set it up, and I have no retention of how I did it, so, like, everything's working, and I have no idea how it's working, but it's there, and I don't want to touch it, so it'll be fun to break it all down and start up a, a new way, yeah. but I think that the quality, you know, the quality content is is what really matters. I mean, you could have the junkiest quality sounding podcast. But if there's no good content, it doesn't like if there or if there is good content, it, people will listen. If you have the most most polished thing in the world and your content stinks, like that's not good either, mm-hmm. right? So trying to balance that out. But I think you're right. Like progress is better than perfection. That's probably pretty well said. Yeah. Well, thanks. And you also have the app Where to Hunt that we mentioned earlier. So which one came first? Did they kind of come in tandem? Yeah, a little bit. So the podcast was technically first, um, and then I always wanted to do the app, but that took more money. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, you know, that was happening in the background in tandem. So I started to build this community of folks that seemed to be really passionate about hunting public land. And that was who the app and still who the app is meant to serve uh, by it, by and large. I mean, it, anybody can use it, but that was kind of the focus. And um you know, we got the first version done the same year. I think it was actually it was like 2014 that that hunting season um, was when the first version was launched. And it was super basic. It was what's called an MVP or a minimum viable product. And it was super archaic. It was like a static check in. And um, but we did get, you know, quite a few users on the first version. And that was very exciting. And so I tried to listen to what people had to say for feedback and then eventually, you know, implemented some changes and, you know, it's still out there today and people are using it and we're, we're doing a lot of work with it now, which is super exciting. So I could probably talk more about like what it even is, but yeah, please. Yeah. Um, 
I guess the 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 story goes like I as a public land hunter would get to a property um, after scouting in the spring. I'd, I'd be September, not early September, because I hate mosquitoes. But <laughs> I'd get up there and and inevitably there'd always be not always, but more often than not, someone would bump into me or I'd bump into someone else, and that's fine. But you know, now we've just kind of ruined each other's hunts inadvertently, at least for the next hour, right? Um, and it's just hard. You, you've planned, you've scouted, you've done all this work. Time isn't cheap, and you get out there and you see this other hunter, or they see you, and now they got to go somewhere else. You're annoyed that, like, it just is a. Unless you see some in the parking lot, it's not a great experience when you bump into another hunter because you got to create some distance. So, you know, I got to thinking, and especially in the early mornings, like I used to, you know, the red moonbeam or flashlight, everyone would flash at each other, like, this is, I'm occupying this, you know, move on. <laughs> happened last season actually and I'm, and I'm like man i've been hunting this spot forever and so i instead of being a curmudgeon and, and being pissed off about it i wanted to solve the problem and i i think that's how my mind works i'm a problem solver and so i, I created the digital version of the red flashlight to help identify occupied and unoccupied hunting property based on other users and so it's silly the app is basically useless if there's one person on it but as soon as we get two people on there it becomes exponentially more effective and as it the numbers multiply and people continue to you know download it and adopt it it ends up becoming more and more functional as we grow um and i guess what i found on the first version was a couple things um people loved it or hated it and i was pretty happy with that result i'm like if it was lukewarm i would have people were just like meh that wouldn't have been good i think yeah. so yeah the love really was like wow i love this this is great i like I can see where other people are and avoid them or my, you know, significant other wants to make sure that I'm safe in the woods or I want to make sure that like I know where my, my grandpa or my dad is or whatever. Um, so like those are really good positives. And then on the negative side, some folks hated it. They're like, why would I ever share my spot? This is the dumbest sure. app ever. <laughs> and, sure. and, but that's valid, you know, yeah, and that's something I that. that I, I didn't personally anticipate because I don't think that way, but others do, and it's close to the vest. But I have a couple responses for that. I think, you know, A, it's my baby, so, like, I try not to get, you know, offended by that. But the the one response is if it's public land, it's not really your land, right? It's not really your spot. And second, like, how do I know your spot's any good? And am I even (laughs) capable of getting there? Like, not everyone wants to go that far. And I, I don't even know that there's deer where you are. So, like, just because I see a dot on a map representing a hunter doesn't mean that I'm, like, I'm definitely not going to go over by you. <laughs> like, right. I'm like, hey, man, I saw you on this app. What's up? Yeah. This isn't Tinder. You know, like, yeah, if you slow down to... and think about that logically, that makes complete sense. Because you're right. It's not there. It's not. It's it's public land <laughs> by definition. And, yeah, just because someone's sitting there doesn't mean it's a great spot to be. So I think, you know, that's interesting. So then I, I, I did create like a private group feature now. So like you can actually, if you still want to use the app and use it among your hunting party, you can go what I'd call incognito and you can kind of go, you know, under the radar. No one else is going to see on the public facing map, but your own private group can see one another. So you can still track your own hunting party and know specifically who's who and where they're at. Um, but then the rest of the public community is not going to see you. So um, I think, it serves a little bit of that audience that feels like, you know, I don't want to share my spot, but really I believe that there's, I think that ma- that, that mentality, that mindset is going to have to shift mm-hmm. if we want hunting to stick around. And we have a lot of new folks getting into hunting that have never done it before that have a desire to eat venison and other wild game. And, you know, they don't have someone to show them how to hunt. They don't even know what equipment to buy or where to start. And so there's a lot of mentorship programs kind of sprouting up and i think as those people get into the you know the tradition of hunting and start to learn the ways the last thing i want to do as a hunter is be mean to them and say no i'm not going to share my spot with you you can't know where i hunt i want to enable them to hunt i want them to have success because i want hunting to be around for my kids and if we guard it so much so and we get all like weird about that to a degree, I get it. Like, if there's a great spot that you have, you don't want someone getting your spot. I just don't believe everyone's after your spot. I think everyone's got their own stuff. Like, I'm a big follower of Gary Vaynerchuk. I got to meet him last April, so, like, almost a year ago. And 
he has a silly analogy that I'll, he's already said it, so I'll use it because it's easier than coming up with a new one. But he's like, look, in high school, everyone's worried about their own pimple. <laughs> like, you go in, you're like, oh, man, this pimple's terrible. And the other person's thinking the same thing. Everyone thinks that everyone's going to care, but no one cares. Like, I don't have the time or energy to go where you go. I have my own stuff. I have my own timetable and window. And for me, I want to be able to pull up an app identify where these other hunters are and then stay the hell away from them and avoid them and navigate around them so they can have a good hunt and so can I. I want to disperse that audience safely and create a good positive experience and not run into people. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think when the way you break that down and explain it, like I'm like, yes, yes, like everything you're saying. And I guess probably I'm sure through your podcast too, but like how do you educate people on that without maybe you know talking at them telling them encouraging them because I think when you just break it down like you just said with me it's like yeah absolutely like makes complete sense and I could see like if people are you know their instant reaction is like why would I share my spot because I've had that reaction on like um apps before with like my friends are like don't send this to anybody else like don't show people my hunting spots and I'm like I'm not gonna dude no way Mm -hmm. it's like you know whatever and uh i think the way you explained it it makes a lot of sense and i think um it's a great message uh and like how can we help spread that you know what i mean right i think that is the deeper lying message there is that this needs to be here for everybody and there's going to be a barrier of entry for some folks that have never done it so how do we lower that barrier of entry i think this is one small tiny component that can really help with that sure and there's some fun features that we're going to light up that are going to change how this is done, I think. And right now you open the app and it's pretty archaic. Like it really isn't much to it, which I like. I think there's other apps out there that try to do too much. And it's actually confusing. Like, well, what do I even do on this thing? Because they've thrown everything at it. And, well, we should add the weather. Oh, we should add this. Oh, we should add that. It's like, whoa. So what am I doing here? You know? Um and so for me, it, th- there's no friction. You open it, it's free, and you don't have to enter anything, you don't have to input anything, you don't have to like, give your information away, you open it, and it's working, just like that. And what I found is the same people that don't want to share their spot are the ones refreshing the screen 100 times because they really want to know where everyone else is. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> you know, you got to pay to play a little bit. Like, you can't just see it as a looking glass. I mean, it's like people that scroll and scroll and scroll like, through social media, but they never comment. You know, they're thumbing things down or whatever it's like there's just gonna be the bad actors you're just gonna have the bad eggs out there that are gonna be the guys that might be malicious and actually try to take someone's spot and that's unfortunate so look if that's a risk that you're willing to forego and and use this app for the you know i guess the greater good of the community um as one way to try to enable us all to keep this around that's great and if not no one no you don't have to use i had one guy message me this is years ago and he was pissed he was like you're ruin my spot. I'm like, all right, that, that's fair, I guess. But I'll ask, you know, like, why were you using the app? <laughs> if you had a concern that that could happen, I'm shocked that it happened, by the way. And I'm sorry that that's the case, but I think hunting is an adventure. And so, like, find a new spot. There's some excitement in that. <clears throat> but it was because his wife wanted to know where he was hunting because she was concerned he was going to be at some sort of establishment. Oh. <laughs> And I'm like, bro, that you got some different problems. Okay, right. that's not my fault, you know. <laughs> don't project that onto me. <laughs> I don't think you're probably that far into the woods oh. either. Like, I think your spot wasn't actually sacred at all, and it wasn't my app that did it. I'm yeah. pretty sure you just, <laughs> you know, had a common spot, and it is what it is. That's, I just, I can't, I have a hard time believing that someone can point to the word hunt and be like, yeah, someone stole my spot. I yeah. just, I don't see it, but. Yeah. Well. On my public, like, land adventures that I've had recently and some solo hunting, I think something that just popped in my head. And, and, and I, I just know to, to treat people with respect and be courteous and honest and respect their space and everything. But I, I think for new hunters or new solo hunters or new public land hunters, uh, there isn't really, like, uh, a set of rules on how to interact with each other, right? And I think sometimes like how to go about that can be a little um uncomfortable a little unnerving right i I mean yeah yeah (laughs) i would agree there's some etiquette there that there's some unspoken kind of rules i really do enjoy 
running into other folks like in the parking lot when you're done or when you're yeah. getting out there because it's funny just how forthcoming people are going to be in that setting like yes because you want to avoid each other i've even heard there's a gal i forget who i heard talk about this but she was like um you know i actually will put a laminated picture of the spot i'm hunting as a map on the back of my windshield or like on the back of my like of my car and show people where I'm hunting. It was like the analog version of the app. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fascinating. So this girl is telling people on the back of her car, I'm here, please don't come to this area. So like that tells me that there's a need to solve this problem. And some other folks already are kind of adopting the mentality because when you get to the parking lot, when you see someone and you're both gearing up, you're like, well, where are you going? And you're like, well, maybe I need to tell you specifically, but look, man, I'm going to be over here let's stay away from each other. Like that's what we do. We try to avoid one another. So I don't, I don't know. I just don't see it that far fetched, even though it's my brainchild as a hunter, I act a certain way. And I don't know. I've had people practically trip on me in the woods and scare the crap out of them because they didn't see me. I'm like, dude. And I was actually with Connor this last year too. And we had two guys walk up on us. I'm like, man, if I could just educate everybody that this is a thing, they wouldn't have walked up on us and that would have been good, you know, or not. Maybe, maybe it was a, a crappy spot and that's Connor's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that, I can you give know, shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, like he's gotten some honorable mentions on this podcast, mostly people giving him shit. So that's par for the course. It's, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, I, I think you're right. Like I love people. I love interacting with people. Like you said, in the parking lot, talking about how it went like that, that that's awesome. Uh, but I don't necessarily want to be bumping into people in the woods, especially like, I don't know you. <laughs> I, I, I just personally, like, I haven't dealt with that a ton, just a little bit. Uh, most of my interactions have been pretty positive, but it it can be a weird thing. Um, I, I definitely think there's a need for that. I, I would, I if I saw that laminated map outside someone's window, or if I had that app and I knew they were there, I wouldn't purposely go where they are i would go yeah like unless yeah. you need help or something you're, right. you'd be like okay there's a person over here i need help like i'm gonna hey something happened like there's just not and and like from the awareness side like so the safety component's interesting because it's really not that safe because until everybody uses it which isn't going to happen that's not a reality um you know it, it's still hard to know i still think even if you pull up somewhere and let's just pretend there's 10 cars and two of the 10 are using the app you're still 20% safer than you would have been, right? Sure, yeah. In terms of avoiding those people and maybe shooting that direction, et cetera. So, like, some people would argue and say, well, unless tall 10 people are using it, you know, that's true. But, like, right now, no one is. So, what does that look like, right? Zero yep. awareness. Yep. 20% awareness is still better. So, uh, and that's happened. I've had folks write me and say, dude, I went somewhere. There were cars in the parking lot. I pulled up the app. I saw where the people were and I moved on. And they're like, I may have moved on because of the parking lot anyways, but once I saw where people were, I was like, yeah, I'm good. And they went somewhere else and they had a hunt where they didn't see people. So I think to me, that's like the best version of success other than some other weird ones. Like my dad shot a deer a couple of years ago and he's like, Hey, meet me back at the truck so we can, you know, head back in and track this thing. I'm like, no, dude, open up the app <laughs> and I'll just meet my dot to your dot and then we'll find each other and save ourselves the trip to the truck. Yeah. And it worked, you know, yeah. it was pretty cool. And so That's like, cool. you know, knowing where my dad is, as he ages up and he's always been clumsy and I have that problem too. But now it's like, all right, dad, when you get to your spot, you know, open up the app or open it up on the way in and like, let me know when you're safe. And if I don't hear from him now, I know where to go find him. You know, I know that I know because it's public land. We never hunt the same stuff all the time and people move around and meander and get lost or bumped or whatever. So um, that's a big one. That's a big one for me. Like, I think that's important that happened this last gun season, but he's just moved around a bunch. And I was like, dude, is my app broken? Are you really down by the river? And like, yeah, no dude, I covered some ground. All right. <laughs> yeah. I think that's awesome. I think there is a need for that. And I think it's a great way to utilize technology for like a more, like in this day and age, you know, like, uh, you know, what I want to do is I want to encourage more people to get outside and do some like epic stuff and like try things and not be afraid. Like, that's what I want to do. And I'm trying to use social media technology to encourage that. And I think technology and um, social media and 
things like podcasts and video can really encourage like a positive thing. It doesn't have to be such a negative light, but it can be sometimes. I think this is a great example of like helping hunting get to a better place because it is kind of on a stagnant slash decline depending on the area you're in. Um, I think this is great. I think it's needed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, someone who, who's done a good job in that area, I'm not sure if you've heard of the Go Wild app. Which yeah. I'm in Wisconsin, and there's a Go Wild app here, but that's like the DNR. But then there's a Go Wild app that's like a social media hunting space um, for outdoor folks, and you log activity. So the founder of that is um, Brad Luttrell, a friend of mine, and um, I think he's done a good job of kind of siphoning an audience from the big social media juggernauts and allowing them to have a safe place to post or you're not going to get ridiculed for, you know, sharing a picture of, you know, rabbit stew or something. <laughs> yeah, I think, and I think most of the time that all of those, like, those forums and apps and, like, commu- like micro communities within hunting, I think nine times out of ten, the like, everyone is really supporting and welcoming and, like, cheering you on and like amazing and then you just get you know a scattering of people who like to talk crap and cause problems and get huffy and puffy about things but I do think that overall like the community as a whole is wants to progress and see the lifestyle flourish you know I I really do think that yeah yeah I hope it's all for the right reasons for some folks and I know like I, I, I like the analogy of like I don't want the neck to bite the head off right we're part of the same movement here and um, it's not cannibalize each other from the inside. We have not that I want to say we need to fight the antis, but um, we're certainly outnumbered by folks like that. So it makes sense to not like fight ourselves right. and just be nice, just treat each other like human beings and and give people the benefit of the doubt. And, um, you know, I get really competitive about killing people with kindness. Like I'll be the bigger person and I'll compete to the death to be the bigger person. That's the one weird area of life. Like, I'm not going to, I've, I've somehow avoided almost any and all of the hunting industry drama. I'm half, I'm usually not even aware that it's happening. I don't know. I just don't care about that stuff. People are like, Oh, have you heard about what's happened? I'm like, I'm not, no, I really don't know. Um, I'm honestly completely unaware. I don't care That's a good place to, to get caught up in it. So yeah. I just going to, I'm going to do my thing and, and like, you know, just like the president of the United States isn't going to impact my day to day. It's not going to, I can go cry about whoever that's going to be. I'm just going to do my thing and stay in my lane and keep being happy-go-lucky and whatever. And at some point, you, you know, maybe you need to do some things about certain things. But um, I just believe in building good relationships and being kind to one another and helping folks. Well, that's a good way to be. And I feel that. And I, I uh, you know, genuinely surprised that I, I don't get sucked into that a whole lot because, like, I feel like the way I was raised and what I was exposed to, like, I, I wasn't exposed to this, like, I, I was a, I hunted everything. And so, like, these, especially, like, different groups of hunters that sometimes can be not very nice to each other, it, like, rattles me when I hear about it or see it because I'm like, what? Like, we're on the same team, guys. Like, to your point earlier, we have to, we have to really support each other because we're fighting, we're fighting a big fight, right? Like, it, it's something that isn't, this way of life is slowly, I think there are demographics that are coming in that are really going to help it and protect it. And I think there's a lot of great things happening, but it's kind of a, it's kind of a fight to keep, to keep this lifestyle alive. And I think we have to have each other's backs and treat each other with respect for it to thrive. Like, cause if we don't have each other's backs, who's going to have our backs? <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Like, yeah, let's not be. You know, unkind to each other. I think Danny Vincent just posted something that I happen to see today at some point, and somebody I loved had, it. I loved yeah, his post. someone had like called him out and yes. said, "How can you be a conservationist and kill that innocent animal?" And he had what I appreciated most about it. First of all, he's very articulate. Yes. He came from from a big picture, but he didn't slam that person. He didn't get defensive and feel attacked. He just said, "You know, there's room in this world for multiple opinions." You have yours. I have mine. I'll do my best to try to teach you why I have mine and why that might make sense for you. But at the end of the day, believe what you want, you know, because you're a human being, too, and you have an opinion that you see the world through your own lens with. And I applauded him for that because that's just 
that was a good response and that's good for other people to see as a like i don't know almost as a role model like look you don't have to be an asshole to these people right and and that's the be the bigger person come with kindness mantra that i i'm the same way i'm not as smart (laughs) or like uh good as he is but i'm gonna treat people the same sentiment for sure yeah check out donnie vincent because that was most so beautifully said like i was I, i know exactly what post you're talking about today I was like reading that. I'm like, oh, if I can only speak like that. Like, this is such a great example of like how people should speak to each other if they don't agree. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was great for sure. And maybe that person will like respond and be an a hole, and that's fine. Like, yeah, whatever. That's then fine. just then just don't go down to their level. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I feel like because other people are watching. Like, there's kids in these social channels, and they see how some of these big, you know, names act, and you want to set a good example, right? You want to be a role model, so. That's how I think about it. Now, granted, I swear a lot, so, like, I'm pretty cool with that, but um, that's a different topic. Yeah, I heard that the most trustworthy people swear, so. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that before. I don't know how, what the source was, but I have heard that. Uh, I would love to know, like, your start in hunting in the outdoors. Like, did you grow up that way? Or, um. Yeah, kind of. Um, I didn't start hunting until I was, like, 15 or 16, and uh, there's a chunk of time where I, you know, I, I didn't get to see my dad for a number of years. And so, like, right around the hunter safety course age, it's like 12, you know, from 10 to 15, I just didn't see the guy. And that's unfortunate. But, you know, I had this itch. He was always a hunter, and I knew he hunted, and I didn't know much about it. But we always were spending time in the woods before that gap in time. So we were always scouting deer and looking for beds and sign. And I was constantly in the woods, like constantly. And I was always building forts and bonfires that I should have been building. And, um, it's a big nature lover, really, honestly, I just like camping and everything like that. And so eventually I started seeing these hunting shows on TV and, you know, I was a young kid and I just really loved fall. And I'm like, this is the time that's of the year that's meant to be outside chasing deer. And I knew nothing about it at all. So I would, without any role model at the time, I would, I would just go climb a tree in the woods and I would sit there and just wait to see some deer or coyotes or whatever and turkeys. And I didn't have any bow or anything like that with me. And at halftime, it wasn't, I don't even know if it was hunting. See, I, I couldn't tell you. So I was just this wanderer. I was just obsessed with being outside and having, you know, adventures and blazing trails and, and I'd get poison ivy and poison oak and I'd, get all cut up with pricker bushes and it's just whatever but then eventually you know my dad and i um kind of rekindled and and we ended up going hunting in the nicolay national forest in wisconsin which is a giant forest and um it was cold and miserable and terrible and i think i saw like one doe once and i was so excited to have seen the deer that i didn't even shoot because i didn't know what to do and he's like why didn't you shoot it It was like right there i was like i don't know i was just freaked out just like I was so damn excited. <laughs> I was like, is this really happening? You know, I hadn't seen these animals in the woods. That they might as well have been like ghosts. So I didn't know I'd actually ever see one. And, um, yeah, so I cut my teeth up there for the first five years or so of hunting. And I fell in love with the big woods and, you know, the, the vastness of it. And um, that's kind of how I really grew up hunting, I guess. Yeah, and then it, and then it stuck. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, I ended up. I used to shoot a recurve as a kid, um, just for fun in the yard. Um, <clears throat> and then I had a tree fort that wasn't really a tree fort. I think my dad built it because he wanted to, you know, practice shooting his bow out of a tree. Um, so it was just like a big plywood piece of plywood on a tree. Yeah. That he called the tree fort for me. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're but I eventually. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, so it was just it was nice to to do that stuff, and then I ended up taking a bow hunting. I think in my early 20s, like 21 or 22, I asked for a birthday gift. I was like, you know, I could, I really want a, a membership to this rock climbing place. I think I want to go on some rock climbs. And I thought that's what I was going to get. And he got me a gift card to get like a bow. And I'm like, what? I was like, I don't want to do that. I wanted a freaking rock climbing membership, damn it. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I think you'll grow into this. And I think you'll really end up liking it. So like, I'm going to give you my bow and you can pay with the gift card to get it, you know, all the stuff put on it right the site and everything else and i was like all right i was like oh this is expensive i mean i have the whole bow but like i just spent the whole gift card on two things 
like I got a sight and a release then something else like a stabilizer and it was this old dart and viper dual cam ancient bow and my dad killed plenty of deer with it but he got at the time a new uh, Fred Bear or whatever and uh, so I was like okay cool so I went hunting up in the Nicolay bow hunting I saw two bucks in my first ever bow hunt and I knocked an arrow and then it I had my bow upside down so that didn't work so I slowly tried to rotate it and then I dropped something and it tinked every freaking you know climbing stick on the way down oh, and no. <laughs> yeah by the time I was actually able to draw back on these two deer and it was just like all right I'm definitely the okayest hunter I mean that that name <laughs> stuck with me <laughs> I love that stuff. I love the okayest hunter uh, like content on social media. It makes me yeah. chuckle every day. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun one. That so it's a brand that I just spun up because I felt the need to make hunting okay again. Not to be like political, but I just thought like, let's just have some fun. You know, like hunt. It's okay to shoot a spike or it's okay to shoot a big. Like who cares? Just everyone has their own trophy and stop being mean to people. So. And then just turn to this page that is just this funny, funny page. So, yeah, it's uh, hysterical and incredibly relatable. Like, I think I appreciate uh, how many people appreciate it because, you know, sometimes like it can be intimidating to look at other hunters and see what they're doing or what they've done and just kind of tell your own story in your head of like, how great they are and it can be a little you know again intimidating to uh think you have to be a certain kind of way as a hunter sometimes and i think a lot of people are competitive with themselves or with others and i'm um, in a healthy way right but like i i appreciate that because like i mean i'm below average at best and i'm okay with that because i just like it anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i just like the experience and the adventure and i just like being out there like uh, that's it and, and i'm happy to take a shot at a big one i don't have time i don't have the time that some of these folks have the the big buck killers of the industry that i know and follow like the one thing they have in common is dedication and time and you know with, i have a five month old and a two and a half year old almost now and i have this podcasts and the startup and I'm going to an incubator and I'm doing all this stuff and I have a full-time job and it's just like yeah so the time I have in the woods of course I'm gonna use my app because I want to make the best use of it and avoid folks and um, I think if I had you know a whole month or something of just I can hunt I think yeah I think I can get a buck I think I've learned enough I think I could get a big deer I don't have the time I might get like two to three maybe four days in the season for bow hunting and i just don't think that's enough to really capitalize well you know even with the scouting in spring if you had all the time to hunt anything like one big hunt that you really want to do what would that be i want to go so i'm planning a trip um i'm planning an elk hunting trip for 2021 so i do want to hunt an elk and i think from what everyone says like it's the perfect combination of turkey um, plus whitetail in the sense that it's a big game animal and it's very exciting, but you're in this beautiful, you know, country depending on what state you go, but then it's interactive, like the calling and the movement and it's just a totally different thing. And so I'm starting to talk to more elk hunters and starting to get a feel for what that's going to look like. That's my dream. And really, I don't think it's going to happen right away, but at the end of the day, I want to end up doing that in Montana at some point. I want to work my way to Montana. <clears throat> That sounds epic. Yeah, I've actually, uh, turkey hunting is like probably one of my favorite things ever. And I've had people um, make, like say metaphors, and I, I can't, I'll be paraphrasing it, but make references to elk and turkey being similar. And I'm mm -hmm. always like, what? <laughs> like I've never elk hunted before, but I've heard that a lot. And I've, I've never really like, I, I understand it now, but back in the day I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> they don't seem similar at all, but uh, yeah, elk would be pretty epic. That'd be very cool. Would yeah, you bow and, hunt? I think I would. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I don't know. It depends. Sure. I'd be happy to do either for, you know, to get into it just so I can like start to understand it, but I'm not so pure that I'm like, no, I don't to do with the bow. <laughs> I think I could do that. I just, it depends on what's all going on and what opportunities I have with all the stuff happening. So, but that's, uh, definitely a dream hunt and i think once it happens i'm gonna get hooked like everyone says i'm gonna get oh, hooked you for sure are <laughs> for sure whether you get one or not 
<laughs> I think you're going to be hooked. I, yeah. Yeah. Like, I was watching a elk hunt. I don't even know who I was watching. Um, it's someone who is part of the hunting public team. They were going on an elk hunt with their dad, I think. And they were talking about, it's like, I think like one in six, maybe. One, I might I might be wrong here. But like one in six who go elk hunting, like are successful. Like, but almost 100% of them go back again. <laughs> well, it's funny for me, success would be like just hearing one or seeing one. And like that, that would be, and, and I think that would be success for me. At least for the first ones, I, I would have to put it there. And that's usually how it goes with deer hunting. Like if I go deer hunting, that's a win. If I see a deer, that's a bonus. If I get one, that's the best case scenario. But like just getting to go is good. Yeah. I love hearing that too. Cause like, I, you know, sometimes when you surround yourself with people who are really successful hunters, uh, it can get, like for me, it has gotten in my head in the past, like, wow, like I really must be an awful hunter (laughs) because, and I, but then I have gotten past that. And I think that, uh, what makes me a great hunter is that I keep going regardless, um, because I love it like so much, like I could just sit there. And, yeah, it is a bit of the Joneses syndrome. Like you yeah. see these people, and like social media has ex- exploited some of that. Like you used to not see all that stuff all the time. You'd have to go into like a Gander Mountain or a Cabela's and look at the board and be like, "Whoa!" You know. And now those boards are in your face every day, all the time. It's like, geez, I try. Actually, I'm like debating: should I stop following the rut report and these other pages? Because I'm like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, where are they getting these deer and? You know, whatever. I just yeah. uh, teach his own, and for sure. I'll, I'll get that whatever version of success I have. I'm excited for my kids to get older. Not really because I want to cherish every moment, but like I'll look forward to the time in the woods with them. And when it's not about me and it's about them, I think that'll be really cool. That will be so cool. That's. Uh, I don't have kids yet, but in some way, with me um, coaching and the podcast and different stuff, is really to make myself a better teacher an educator, uh, whether I have kids or not. I mean, I hope to, but I think back on like how grateful I am for what my dad taught me and and showed me. And I'm like, God, how did he do that? Like, how did he know all those things? And I, uh, want to absorb as much of that as possible to, you know, whether my kids hunt or not, just to be able to educate them and, um, teach them a respect for it. Like that's really important to me too. And I think that'll be really cool for you just listening to you talk about, and obviously how much you love it. I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, it'll be cool. I just wonder which one will like it more, my son or my daughter. I'm feeling my daughter's yeah. gonna like it, <laughs> which I'm totally happy with. I, I just, I'm not gonna push them into it if they show interest. I'll, I'll help them lean into it, but I won't force them. Yeah, yeah, that's probably Hopefully a good approach. Good. And everyone, you know, some people like fall into it right away and some of them like come back to it you know and some people just it it isn't like their thing which i is really hard for me to believe i think hunting is for everybody but that is okay (laughs) yeah well it's funny because there's so many there's so much crossover like you know a deer hunter isn't just a deer hunter they're potentially a turkey hunter a fly fisherman a backpacker a camper you know a a stargazer a bird watcher like most of the time hunters get painted in this box where it's like you just like to kill animals it's like no dude i do everything else outdoors too i just also like hunting because i like wild game and i like the opportunity to cook my own food you know that i know where it came from plus the thrill of it and the adventure and the stories and the tradition like but you know um that's why i like to go wild at because you look at someone's profile and you can see oh they do all of these things you know and it helps people not get lumped into certain buckets Oh, I love but so I do have an affinity for the whitetail. Like I am obsessed. I'm a terrible driver now because I look at every field for a deer when I'm driving. <laughs> it's a problem. That, I've uh... become my dad now, and it's like Aww. I used to hate it when he did that. I'm like, dude, you're gonna crash, and now I'm doing it, and I can't actually help it. So it's a problem. That's so cool, though. And that brings up something I meant to ask you earlier. Did you ever start rock climbing? <laughs> I did. I just didn't really get into it hardcore because <laughs> I didn't eventually, you know, got a bow instead. So um, I actually really enjoyed it. I had gone through some things that were, you know, whatever, you know, as a young dude, emotionally taxing stuff or whatever. And I found that that was one of the few things at the time that really 
like got my mind 100% off of whatever I was dealing with. The only thing I could think about rock climbing was just grab the next grip and footing and get your footing on this thing. And like doing that was therapeutic in a new different way that I hadn't experienced. And it was really also like physically speaking, it was way more fun than just going to the stupid gym. Like you get a whole body workout, your forearms would be screaming at you. And it was a ton of fun. So I really actually enjoyed it. I haven't done it in a long time, but I really, I really like it. I really want to get some rock climbers on, on here uh, because exactly what you were talking about a little bit ago about just like seeing that a hunter is, you know, a stargazer, a bird watcher, a conservationist, a fly fisherman, you know, the, like that is like, I think people are complex and I, I love, I love that. Like that is like what I'm all about. And I get really jacked up about that. I would love to learn to rock climb. Um, I, I totally Iowa is not the ideal place to live <laughs> to learn to rock climb like at all, <laughs> but I think that's super cool. I love it. Yeah, it's cool. It's fun. I don't know, but it's whatever. I was a thrill seeker when I was younger. I also was really big into cliff jumping and bridge jumping and oh, um, <laughs> like you know uh, some other fun things like running down you know walls and stuff like that. So it's pretty stupid, but. It's fun. It's quite the rush half the time, jumping into unknown things. So I seem to still like that thrill in a different way. Yeah. I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie, <clears throat> but I also don't have as much time to do those things. So I think that's maybe a good thing sometimes, maybe. But Yeah, you age up and you're like, yeah, well, I don't want to do that now. I'm good. Like, I don't need to jump out of a plane again or jump off this bridge or whatever. I'm just going to not do that because I have kids. And if I, like, break a leg, that can be terrible. So... <laughs> Um, bungee jump? Did you did you go bungee jumping? I never did bungee jumping. I did skydiving, um, rappelling, and um, I was in Key West, and I like jumped off, you know, this bridge from like a giant forty foot rope swing, and I jumped into Crater Lake in Oregon, which I almost literally froze before I could swim back to you know Ooh. like the cliff. Yeah. Um, which is kind of neat because I was like an imploded volcano, so technically jumped into a volcano. Um. Yeah, so just fun stuff like that. Yeah, fun stuff like that. Just like your average everyday fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been skydiving, and that was super cool. Uh, bungee jumping, though, to me, I, I didn't know if you had. It seems, that seems like, like, I'm pretty much game for most things, but bungee jumping, like, has no appeal to me. Like, that makes me, like, hurt. I don't know why, but anyway. <laughs> um, what, uh, what is your next big adventure? Uh, I guess trying to become a business owner of a startup and build a team and become a leader and become a voice in the industry, a big one that is trying to change how we think about things. So, you know, if all goes well, I actually can, you know, step out of my day job and build a team and build a product. And, um, you know, that's, to me is the next big adventure and one that I'm getting really close to. So, um, certainly very excited. And, uh, you know, the other adventures are my, my son and my daughter, they're crazy. <laughs> so, you know, that's an adventure every single day. Otherwise, um, you know, the elk hunt for 2021, if, if I can make that happen, I'm looking forward to that. So, you know, those are the, the things that are top of mind for me. Yeah. Well, those are, those are big things. <laughs> And that's, and I appreciate very much like the voice that you are being for the industry. Like I, I really value a lot of like what you have said today and I just find it refreshing. Um, and I, I, I seriously think you're going to do really great things. I think you're already doing great things, but I really do think that. And I'm super grateful to have like gotten to know like your backstory and, and hear from you and hopefully continue a relationship with you and see like all the cool things you're going to do. Um, yeah. See how it all progresses. I, I, um, there's an analogy of, about an ice cube. <laughs> it's called the, the, I think it's called like latent potential or something like that, or the, the, the rule of, or the theory of latent potential, which the example of an ice cube is, you know, maybe it's, let's just pretend it's 24 degrees in a room and, it takes a ton of energy to you know, heat up a room. Let's just pretend that it's 
back in a time where you had to heat your own house. So you'd have to go out and split wood and find the wood and dry the wood and then throw in the, you know, the stove and heat it up. And maybe to get that room to go from 24 to 25 degrees took a ton of energy and a lot of work. Um, and so just assume the same process for every single degree that you do something to get that temperature to raise. And all the while, nothing's changing to the naked eye. Like that ice cube hasn't changed. Nothing's happened. But suddenly when you get to, you know, 30, 31 degrees, you've done all the same stuff again and again and again and again. You've done all this work. Um, suddenly at 32 degrees, everyone starts to notice, hey, look, the ice cube is melting. Um, but no one really took into account that you've been doing something for seven years and it's been a lot of work every day all the time that you've been putting all this energy into heating up that room. And then suddenly at that 32 degree mark, everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's an overnight success. The ice cube was melted. You only had to change the room degree by one temperature to do that. It's like, no dog, I had to do that when it was back at 20 degrees. And so I think for me, I feel like I'm right around the 30 degree mark and I'm about to melt my ice cube. And that's how I feel. And so hopefully I'm getting to that point where the 10,000 hours are going to pay off because it's been a lot. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next chapter. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to, to see it. And I, and I really love you saying that because it can be really easy for people to assume. And, you know, like, yeah, like the, your analogy was perfect for that. Like, so you, you start, like, people notice you, right? Like, they're seeing what you're doing right now. Like, you're growing and you're doing crazy stuff. So a lot of people, like, have their eyes on you and they're like, wow, like, look at Eric and, like, this must have been, I think a lot of people probably know how hardworking you are and how much work it, it could have, like, it took to do what you've done. Um, but sometimes, like, passerbys think, oh, man, he's just lucky, right? Or, like, <laughs> whatever. So, uh I, I I appreciate that because it does take it takes a lot of a lot of work and I think that hard work always pays off I, I really do think that and you have like a great attitude and a great outlook so it's gonna be awesome to see what you do yeah it's gonna be a big year 2020 is a big year so um and I'm happy to do this I'm, I'm happy to it's nice to not be in the driver's seat for a change so <laughs> <laughs> he's in, like dying with a cough <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So yeah, no, it's good. I'm like dying over here, but um, don't die. It's good. It's, yeah. Jeez. No dying. It's That's good. To, it's good rule. to hang out and, and let someone else steer. So I'm happy to have been your guest today. It's really, it's really cool. And you have a lot of exciting things going on, and you're one of those two that you know. I've noticed the things you have going on too. So it's just it's a neat world. It's a neat space that we live in. Yeah. It's it's a great time to like use your voice and like your passions. And I, I think we live in a great time to, to share those things. Um, so definitely keep doing your thing without a doubt. Where can uh, people find you, hear from you, learn from you? Yeah, I think it's easy. Uh, just go to <laughs> um, where2huntapp.com and you could type in the word two or the letter two and it'll take you to the same place. And I think start there and you'll find everything you need. And then we also have the okayest hunter brand but i think that's just an instagram and facebook page right now i have the domain name but i haven't put a site there yet so okayest hunter is a is a thing we're working on too so we'll see where i did not know that was you oh that's great so that's the fun thing i also do logos for outdoors (laughs) so i have etcproductionco.com also and i just finished doing a logo for from bed to dead that turned out pretty cool i think and a bunch of other folks so yeah it's uh so there's a lot <laughs> so when you were saying that oh my god so like i thought like when you were saying that to me you're like yeah i've been working on that and i'm like what <laughs> that's that's awesome like i'm geeking out over here <laughs> that's cool i didn't know yeah i didn't not, that's not one that people like i don't know i just kind of me and a buddy put that together so uh, we we put content out for that and that's it like it's a, it's a neat thing we're actually i just designed a new shirt and We'll see if I'm not the best designer of shirts, but it's uh, the shirt says you can't eat the horns question mark. And then we put yeah. some antlers in the frying pan. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Can you? Maybe you can. You assholes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that's awesome. So just poking fun. I'm yeah, like cool. more. Yeah. Like that's 
sweet. <laughs> well, check out OK as Hunter as well, because it's it's good for some like confidence boost and a laugh, too. I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so much um, for your time and the late call and being really supportive of just the entire industry and coming at it from such a positive way. I mean, supportive of me. I just really appreciate you. And um, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. And honestly, it's funny. My wife um, came and had my phone. She's like, dude, you have to be on a podcast. You've got two missed calls. And I passed out my daughter's bed because she wanted me to snuggle with her. So that's why I called my I was like, oh, crap. And I ran into my studio. I was like, shit. So <laughs> I, I had a feeling because like 9.15. turn down daddy snuggles. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> like 9.15 is about my bedtime. So I was like, you know what? If he's in bed, it's okay. We'll do this. We'll do this again. <laughs> Because it is. I'm glad we made it work. Me too. It's cool. Me too. Thank well, great. You. Let me know if I can help out in any way, and I'd be happy to. You know, obviously, I'll share it on my stuff, and I'll look forward to hearing it come out. So. Yeah, I'll keep you updated for sure. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. We'll talk soon. Thanks everyone for listening this week. It's turkey season here in Iowa. I know a lot of us are locked up due to COVID-19, so everyone please be safe and healthy. But if you do have an opportunity to get out there and get after some turkeys, let me know. Tell me about it. Share it. I'd love to share it on the page. I want to get some turkey hunting guests on here real soon. So any ideas, thoughts, feedback, of course, leave us a review. And I appreciate all of you. Until next time.